Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood and welcome to Faith and Family. Thank you for joining us again for this series that we're going through entitled Common Christian Problems. And we're investigating ways in which depression can be dramatically reduced. It's a problem that affects many people, sometimes for the short term, sometimes for the long term. And we went through and we're discussing how depression is brought on by a variety of causes. And it's all often a combination of causes. So one of the main themes you're going to be hearing in this series is that there's more than one approach to deal with depression if there's more than one cause. And we looked seriously last time at the spiritual causes for depression. And there are spiritual causes, and the Bible is quite explicit about it as we went through, but there's also very strong spiritual solutions. Today, I'd like to look at some of the psychological insights and aids to overcoming depression. By that, I mean various types of counseling and realization of where maybe problems come from and then developing ways to deal with it. As I mentioned previously, antidepressants aren't the only solution to depression. One reason, 30 to 50 percent of people in their initial treatment find that the antidepressants don't work. So that's a pretty good reason right there. They have a failure rate that's relatively high, over 50 percent. And 84% of those who start taking antidepressants do it for three years or more, and that's regarded as a long-term. And there are 22 papers, research papers, that have concluded that these psychological drugs are not beneficial in the long term. Now, the reason that antidepressants are kind of the go-to solution is that modern medicine has said there's a chemical imbalance in the brain that's causing the depression. Now, I don't necessarily dispute that, but there could be another way of looking at this. Dr. McCullough is just one person among many advocating a different possibility of what could be bringing on the depression as its ultimate cause. And it's something like, this. Before there's a chemical imbalance, there could be an original cause of both the depression and the chemical imbalance, kind of the chicken or the egg question. So while antidepressants may help with the chemical imbalance, it may not be able to cure the root of the problem if it's something other than chemical imbalance. Make sense? Okay. Now, what causes depression? The root causes. Okay. It's, if it's beyond simply a chemical imbalance, could there be something happening by the person or to the person that could be causing it? Well, it's pretty obvious that if you are living in a very unhealthy way, if you're living in a very unnatural way, 
it's a self-imposed injury, so to speak, and little can be done for you without life change. You know, a lot of people would love to have a cure for depression with a pill. That's so much easier than a life change. I'll I'll go even a step further since I did Catholic call-in shows for a decade and a half. A lot of people would like to hear a five-minute answer to a call-in show to overcome a life change. But if you're living in an unhealthy way, in an unnatural way, in a harmful way, you could be harming yourself. And a pill isn't going to correct a depression brought on by living in a manner opposed to the way you should. One respected psychiatrist put it rather bluntly. He said, most people are depressed because they're living depressing lives. In other words, there comes a time for life change. So that's something that might be done by me that's causing the depression. And a pill isn't going to correct it if that's the cause. And there's a second area, and this is where I really want to drill down today because I think it's overlooked a lot, and it could be a huge factor in so many people suffering depression today, and namely trauma. Trauma is the root cause for many, you might say, unexplained human problems, Uh, addictions, Uh, even the homosexual, transsexual, whatever, uh, lifestyles, um, pornography addictions, uh, chemical addictions, alcoholism, and depression. You say, well, trauma, what would cause all that? And when I would say trauma, I'm going to really focus on childhood trauma, but there's various ways that trauma can affect an adult as well. There's a uh, very insightful 10-question inventory that has been designed. Initially, it was done with a survey with the CDC and another health system to 17,000 people were given 10 questions. And in the questions, the people were surveyed about childhood abuse, neglect, and family dysfunction. And this is called the Adverse Childhood Experience Survey. Adverse Childhood Experience, it's commonly known, abbreviated form, as the ACE Survey. Again, Adverse Childhood Experience. And if you have an ACE score where you affirm saying yes to the question for five or more questions for women, you have a 42% probability of suffering depression. For men, answering five or more questions in the affirmative, you have a 30% probability of depression. Do you see why I want to go and look beyond simply chemical imbalances that, and, and not simply things that you are doing, but maybe things that were done to you? Uh, if there is five or more questions answered positively, the risk of depression is tripled, tripled. The, the risk for alcoholism increases fourfold. So I am going to go ahead and give you these 10 questions quickly. 
I'm going to abbreviate one or two of them in case little ears are listening, but um, here they are. Number one, did a parent or other adult in a household often or very often swear at you, insult you, put you down, or humiliate you, or make you afraid that you were going to be physically hurt? Yes or no? Question two, did a parent or other adult in a household often or very often push, grab, slap, or throw something at you? Or did they ever hit you so hard that left marks or were you were injured? Number three, did an adult at least five years older than you ever sexually abuse you? We'll leave it at that. Number four, did you often feel or very often feel that no one in your family really loved you or thought you were important or special? Number five, did you often or very often feel that you didn't have enough to eat, had to wear dirty clothes, or had no one to protect you? Or your parents are too drunk or high to take care of you? Number six, was a biological parent ever lost to you through divorce, abandonment, or other reason? Number seven, was your mother or stepmother often or very often pushed, grabbed, slapped, or had something thrown at her? Number eight, did you live with anyone who was a problem drinker or alcoholic or who used drugs? Number nine, was a household member depressed or mentally ill, or did a household member attempt suicide? And number 10, did a household member ever go to prison? The higher your ACE score, again, ACE stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences, the higher your ACE score, the higher the probability of suffering from psychological problems and these are problems that at their root, medication alone will not heal. Medication may enable you to kind of get your life to a degree that you can then pursue healing of these root causes, but you can't expect medication to simply heal people who have lived through these things. And you might say, wow, that sounds like a nightmare. Well, a lot of children grow up in nightmarish conditions. And and some people, their average score is higher than five. For instance, if your ACE score is seven, just think for me for a minute, what would be the risk of a adolescent suicide attempt? It increases 51-fold. Adult risk of suicide goes up 30-fold. So you see why I want to come back to trauma as a prime, perhaps the prime cause of depression. And I've particularly focused on childhood experiences because obviously they cover so much of our life because when you're forming your view of the world and reality yourself and relations with others and you have such negative impact, it obviously stays with you. It's very hard to shake. But also things happen to people as they get older. I'm thinking particularly people who have served in the military, really uh, you know, extreme situations. Um, we're realizing that the more extreme the situations, the more extreme 
the psychological problems. So yes, you can take medication for that, but it's not a long-term solution until perhaps you can deal with some of the things that give rise to those feelings. But for those who aren't in the military or even those who are, a real cause of depressive thoughts and suicidal thoughts is sexual abuse. One in four girls and one in six boys, according to national statistics, will be sexually abused before they turn 18 years old. Personally, I, I can't imagine that. Um, maybe that's a good thing I can't imagine that. And maybe these numbers, for whatever reason, are inflated. Don't quibble with it. You'd be doing people a real disservice. They're sky high, and we know that. Um, a phenomenal percentage of women will experience rape at some point in their lives. Even uh, college women, one in five, are sexually assaulted while in college. And 94% of women who are raped experienced the symptoms of the post-traumatic stress disorder. They start popping up within two weeks after the event, just like a person who's been in combat. 33% of women who are raped contemplate suicide, and approximately 70% of rape or sexual assault victims experience moderate to severe distress, a larger percentage than any other violent crime. So we have in our society where homes are falling apart, alcoholism, physical abuse, sex abuse, um, are hitting so many people. And as these things spread through our society, then the levels of depression will follow. I compare this, by the way, uh, to a virus. We're learning that certain viruses can invade our bodies and lay dormant for years and perhaps it's a sickness, um, a period of extreme stress, physical or emotional, uh, even a vaccine, because vaccines have things in them that try to trigger a response to a virus that you're being vaccinated for, but they're finding that can even stir up the viruses that you don't even know are in your body. And that's why a lot of undiagnosable physical afflictions come about. Well, the same thing can happen in your um, emotional life, your psychological well-being. There can be a virus that's laid dormant, like, I got that one under control. I just kind of like bury it back there, and it will remain back there. But life events are like triggers. I call it like a trigger effect that can bring these unexpectedly uh, to life. And one of the things that... I have written about, I've written two books, actually preparing for marriage, but there's a chapter, an identical chapter almost in each of the books, the ABCs of choosing a good wife and the ABCs of choosing a good husband that could be read by any married adult because this is very widespread. And I'm talking about just like that virus that can hide out in your body for years, maybe even decades, and then all of a sudden something triggers it. Well, I wrote um, a chapter 
entitled Beware of the Trigger Effect. And I've been told this is one of the two chapters in this uh, book or these books that's worth the price of the book. So here's half the worth of the book right here. These are very short chapters, only five pages. It's the A to Z. And I'm going to read you just a little bit of the Beware of the Trigger Effect. You are thrilled to meet, fall in love, and marry Mrs. Wright. You didn't spend much time learning about her parents and family experiences. Why bother? You found her to be an attractive, funny, caring, and kind soulmate during your dating. So you were shocked a few months after the honeymoon or after the birth of your first child when she seemed to change dramatically for the worse. Now she doesn't even seem to be the woman you married. What happened? I call it the trigger effect. Most people have unresolved childhood conflicts lying dormant inside them. Even couples who lived together before marriage mistakenly think that such an arrangement is the best way to get to know each other deeply. Often find that these conflicts remain hidden even while living together. But the pivotal events of marriage or the birth of a child have the potential to trigger their reappearance unexpectedly. The result can be monumental personal and marital difficulties. And here's the bottom line. We all bring our past family life into our marriages. And now here's the line that I've found Christians, seriously committed Christians, Catholics who have had wonderful conversion experiences and go to one of the great Catholic universities or colleges and meet the spouse of their dreams, also highly committed, and then all of a sudden have problems the like of which seem to be able to destroy their marriage. And even their friends are amazed why these couples have this problem because they are living a solid Catholic life. Here's the line. Everyone, even a committed Christian, is deeply affected by personal family history. And remember, since I'm talking about trauma, some of the trauma goes beyond family history. And the mistake is, is that Christians think that because I have a conversion experience, that past will no longer affect me. Now, it is true that Christ heals us, but sometimes that healing takes a bit of progression. Like when the children of Israel were going into the promised land, it's kind of like ourselves were converted by making the big transition, like crossing the Jordan River, and then we go into the promised land. But the promised land wasn't conquered in a year. It was little by little. There was a gradual change and transformation, getting rid of the enemies and finding peace in the land. It's very similar to our lives. But what happens if you stuff it, so to speak, in a box, um, psychologically lock it down, and think, you know, I'm done with that. I'm going to live a different way than the terrible ways that perhaps I experienced in growing up. Then you get married. Marriage brings out the inside, even stuffed, locked in those boxes. It comes out. 
And then at that point, you have two problems. You have marriage problems because these past problems, because they weren't dealt with, come into our, our marriages. And you also have the same problems causing perhaps the depression. And you have that root cause that has been left alone. Now, what do you do? Well, it's not a bad idea if you kind of went through that adverse childhood experience, the ACE questions. And you can find this just through a real simple Google search for the ACE 10 questions and be honest, okay, and answer yourself. You know, then I would recommend and before marriage, ideally, but I realize that many of you listening to me are married, but before marriage, ideally, you get a good, competent counselor who can kind of open that box of hurts and start to unpack them and guide you in a thoroughly healthy way as a believer to overcome these by simply locking them away you haven't dealt with them. They are still there, and they come. And sometimes the birth of a first child, as I mentioned too, some kind of extreme shock, stress, uh, death of a loved one, whatever can can bring all this out. But here's the colossal mistake number one that you can make when faced with this situation, and that mistake number one is that, well, any counselor will do to get over serious family trauma or sex abuse. And I hate to say this, but it's simply not true. In my experience, there is a, a whole field of incompetent people wanting to counsel people out of such situations. Let me just give you one that I have uh, dealt with the most, and that is since I've worked with a lot of Catholic dads, I came to the realization that Pornography was a huge problem, okay? Now, I recommended consistently for years, before a lot of the people who are now the Catholic experts on this, I recommended going to Dr. Mark Laser, who is now deceased, but his organization is still going on, and my guess is he has trained people well to do what he did, and this is what it is. Dr. Laser was a, a good man with the most honest intentions to be a good Protestant minister, went to a, a leading seminary, went on to get a doctorate in counseling, and ended up doing the most horrendous things you could imagine. And the reason, and by, by the way, he had a healing when a counselor got with him and took him back to a childhood trauma that was causing him to act so contrary to the way he wanted to live his life. And what made Dr. Laser such a good counselor was that he understood these underlying traumas, underlying sexual abuse, or the 10 questions that I mentioned to you. Those are the things that can give rise to what might seem as irrational behavior or depression coming from nowhere, or a depression that can't seem, like an antidepressant can't seem to help because it's deeply rooted. 
So you have to find a counselor who can get to the root problems, and not all are good at doing that. And one of the things that really gets me frustrated, okay, really frustrated, these people are hard to find. And when you find one, you should be willing to travel because your entire life isn't going to be settled until you get these things that have been locked away in a box and explode in your personal life, your emotional life, your psychological life, or your marriage. And it's just not going to go away with a pill in most instances. This is why you need to be able to travel to find the most skilled help you can so somebody can get you on the road to working through these things. Colossal mistake number two, I've already mentioned, but a Christian conversion experience doesn't undo all past trauma, family trauma, sexual abuse trauma, military trauma, and the best is deal with it before marriage, but it just doesn't go away. I'll just say it, okay? I'm thinking of a couple who went to Steubenville. Steubenville's a great place. And a Steubenville friend was telling me, oh, this couple's having marriage problems, serious problems. They're thinking of getting divorced. And it's just unimaginable. These are the most committed Catholic young people in the Steubenville campus. What's going on? And I just asked a few questions and boom, there were boxes back there that assumed the conversion experience healed. No, the conversion experience was crossing the Jordan River. There's a lot of conquering of the unholy land to make it the holy land, the promised land, and that's Christian growth, and we have to deal with these things. And then colossal mistake number three, and this is kind of a balancing act, and again, why you need a good counselor, you don't just want to blame shift, okay? Because if you're going through that ACE survey and you had some really negative family situations, it would be easy to put all the blame on somebody else And very often, when you experience that kind of situation, you also begin acting out in response to that situation in negative and sinful ways. You take ownership of what you have done. You go to confession for what you have done, and what was done to you, that's where you get a good spiritual advisor, Um, and there's a few. I know one in Miami, um, or like Dr. Laser, his organization still exists in the Twin Cities. I would still go there despite all the crazy things going on in Minneapolis. You don't want to blame shift. If you've done things, own up to it. If things have been done to you, experiences that you have not planned or willed have impacted your life in a negative way, you may need some help. And just simply get that help. Talk with a close friend, a priest, And don't just hide it. It's like going to a doctor and says, you have to guess what's wrong with me. No, (laughs) you try to, the more honest you are, the better help he can give you. And that's what my wish is for you. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 291 of Faith and Family Radio. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at dads.org to learn more about Catholic family life.